Are you ready? Tell you what, I came in tonight with a heart of expectancy. I don't know why, there's just been a little bit of a dance in my step tonight. So don't, don't think it weird because I can't dance, but I can at least, uh, you know, pretend or something. Amen. Take out your Bibles and turn with me to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. We've been talking about the spirits of this age. Tonight, I want to minister on a message I've entitled, The Power of a Name. The Power of a Name. Acts chapter 4, beginning with verse 10. I'm reading out of the ESV. It says, Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Father, thank you so much for this time that we have together tonight just to lift up your name, to lift up the word. And Father, I believe that we have come with hearts ready to receive from your Spirit. We thank you for this time that we have together tonight, for it is in Jesus' name that we ask it. And everybody who agreed with that prayer said, Amen. 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 Now, I just want to give us a little recap about what we talked about in our last time together. And we, we looked at Ephesians 6 realizing we do not wrestle with flesh and blood, but against spirit beings in the unseen realm. We're not to be ignorant of the enemy's devices, and that way he doesn't get an advantage over us. You know, just as Pastor Paul was saying earlier, when the enemy uh, is doing anything, when he's pinpointing it, he addresses that. He's not going to get an advantage over us. But we are not to focus on the enemy and his strategies or circumstances in the natural, but upon Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. So we experience conflict. We found that out. We experience conflict in the natural realm because it can often be at odds with the Word of God. So just because we feel conflicted doesn't mean we're wrong. It just means there's conflict. So anytime we're going through conflict, what does the Word have to say about it? And that's where the resolution will truly come. We have to understand the difference between what is true and truth. I've used this illustration before. I'll use it again. Somebody gets a diagnosis of cancer. That's true. But the truth is they were healed at the cross 2,000 years ago. So there's a difference between what is true and what is truth. And when we recognize that truth always trumps what is true, then we begin to walk in freedom. Now, we also look briefly at the fact that we're predestined to be just like Jesus. I like that. I want to be just like Him. I want to act like Him. I want to talk like Him. I want to be like Him. Everything that I do, I want to be reflecting the Savior that I love. But we also saw that what we call demons were directly related to the Elohim or other gods in the Old Covenant. 
Deuteronomy 32, 17, Amplified says, They sacrificed the demons not to God, to gods whom they knew not. They sacrificed to demons not to God, to gods, demons and gods. It really doesn't matter what you call them. You hear what, I, what I'm saying? We can get hung up in terminology sometimes. I just prefer to use the terminology of the word because that way I know that I can stay straight if I know I'm saying what God said. Well, they were sacrificing to these gods they did not know, to new gods lately come up, whom your forefathers never knew or feared. The apostle Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, echoed, and he said, What do I imply then, that food offered to idols is anything, or that an idol is anything? No, I imply that what pagans sacrifice, they offer to demons and not to God. Now see the difference under the new covenant and the old. Under the old covenant... He said this, it was the nation of Israel that had turned to worship other gods. He directly relates the worship of other gods to pagan lifestyles. I don't want that lifestyle to be a part of me. Therefore, it will not have a part of me. So we know this, that in an age of enlightenment, the enemy always uses the same tactics. He doesn't change. There's nothing new under the sun. And he promises that if we'll embrace his mode of thinking, that we'll finally have the knowledge, we'll finally be enlightened the way we need to be. Well, we know that's not true. We know the reality is that he only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. In fact, King James says it like this. The enemy comes, cometh not, but for to steal, kill, and destroy. In other words, the only reason he comes is to steal, kill, and destroy. He can promise you the world, but he's only coming for those three reasons. Then Ephesians 6, we know I'm not going to take time to read the scripture tonight, but we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're wrestling against these spirit beings. But I would submit to us tonight that names reveal character. Even when we don't understand the name, names reveal character. Your name reveals character. Sometimes we don't understand how powerful a name is. Oftentimes, God would change a person's name to reflect what he saw in them rather than what they saw in themselves. We've got several illustrations of that. Is, uh, uh, Jacob goes to Israel. Abram goes to Abraham. God would change their name when they came into covenant with him. Now, my name, my parents gave me a name. I didn't grow up in a household of preachers. I'm, that was not our background. But my parents gave me a name, my first name, Lonnie. My middle name is D, D-E-E. -E. So later on, after I'd been in ministry and I started finding out how powerful names were, I said, I want to know what my name means. So I looked it up. You know what Lonnie means? Leader of the church. <laughs> you know what D means? Bold one. So for my entire life, my parents were prophesying over me every time that Lonnie, Lonnie D. See, you only use middle names when you're in trouble, right? But every time they said that, leader of the church, bold one, get over here. 
Names are powerful. When we named our children, we specifically and purposely prayed over and chose their names with a specific meaning. Now that my oldest son will be approaching 40, it's pretty good for a guy who's just 47 himself, right? <laughs> names reveal character. But what can we learn about the names of God? If our focus through this series is really to keep our eyes on Jesus, what is it about Him and His names that reveal character? So I want to take a look at the power in Jesus' name and how it affects our lives tonight. The song we were singing, Jesus. You know why I love to lift up the name of Jesus? Because there's power in that name. Well, let's take a look. How many of you have heard the term Jehovah? Where do we get Jehovah? Where does it come from? Do you realize that the name Jehovah is used over 6,800 times in the Bible? 6,800 times. Now, why do I mention that? Because if you want to look at Baal, Asherah, Ashtaroth, Astarte, whatever name you want to give her, Kamash, Molech. Do you realize that you can combine all of them together and it's under 200 times? Paul, the Apostle Paul is mentioned more times than all of them combined. So even though we're not ignorant of his devices, we're not going to elevate him. 6,800 times Yahweh. References to God are mentioned. So what does it mean? The root of his name really means self-existent. I am that I am. How would you like that? What shall I say when the people ask me who sent me? He said, you tell them the I am sent you. How many times have you heard somebody say that today? Well, I don't know what to say to them. You share your life, you share your testimony, and if they say, well, how do you... The I am, the self-existent one. He sent me. Hey, I figure if it's good enough for Moses, good enough for me. Might as well take it. I, I don't know about you, but when I hear promises in the Word of God, it might not have been spoken to me directly, but I take it as though it were. Why? Because this Word still pertains to me. God's no respecter of persons. What He's done for one, He'll do for another. So I just want the promises. It's a personal covenant name of God. It comes from the tetragrammaton YHWH. Tetra meaning four, grammaton, the, the parts of grammar. So you've got the tetragrammaton YHWH. It was such a holy name that even those in leadership would not speak it. They didn't want to say the name. Latin, it got changed to J. H-V-H. Then they incorporated the vowels of Adonai for Lord, and that's how we get Jehovah. It became J-O-V-Adonai-O-H. So that's where we get Jehovah from. 
Lord God. When you see the term Lord God, Lord God, Yahweh, Adonai, Jehovah, this is my God. He went by so many revelations in the sense of revelations of His name. I'll give you just a few tonight. Most of you are familiar with these. He's Jehovah Jireh. What does that mean? The Lord, my provider. He's Jehovah Jireh. Do you realize that when Jesus taught the Lord's Prayer, He really is going through these names, just explaining them differently to them? Throughout the Word of God, these are there. You're my provider. I'm not going to worry about anything. You're going to deal with it. I'm going to seek first the kingdom, His righteousness. All the things are added. All the things are added. All the things are added. I don't have to go after the things. Because when I seek the things, I miss the kingdom. When I seek the kingdom, I get the things. So think of it this way. If you're seeking things, you don't get them, and you miss the kingdom. That's a negative negative. But if I seek the kingdom, I get the things. That's a positive positive. See, this isn't rocket science. The things of God are simple. I didn't say they're easy. They are simple. But you've got to work at this. He's Jehovah M. Kadesh, the Lord who sanctifies. He's my sanctifier. He, he sanctifies me. What does it mean to be sanctified? It means to be separated. I'm separated from sin. I'm set apart under God's exclusive use. Too often when we talk about making Jesus Lord, we thank Him for being free of sin, but we don't want to render the service. See, sanctification is twofold in that sense. He is my sanctifier. He has separated me from sin, but He has set me apart for His exclusive use. I'm His. Whatever He wants to do in my life, that's who I want to be. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner, our conqueror, fortress, the God that goes before us. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord God who is my salvation. He's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer. He's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer. When you're not feeling well in your body, Trust me, you live in a natural world. This natural world will have a tendency to attack your body. That's true. The truth is, you are healed. Jehovah Rapha, my healer. So I'm going to walk in that promise. And when I get a hold of the Word of God, I know that even death has no hold. It was funny, Pastor Paul, when he was praying for my mother-in-law tonight, was praying... Even death, you have no hold. Death, you have no hold. I've seen four people raised to life in our ministry. From dead, raised to life. So what's death? My Bible says it's the last enemy to be put underfoot. Last enemy. When you lose your fear of death, woo, the enemy's got nothing anymore. It's the last enemy. My Bible says, I'm sorry, guys, I didn't give you any of these scriptures. My Bible says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And if 
He wiped him out. I believe Jesus fulfilled what he was sent to do. He destroyed the works of the devil. If he did it, I'm not out destroying them. I'm rejoicing in what's already been done. The enemy's already under my feet. He's Jehovah Ra'ah, the Lord is my shepherd, the 23rd Psalm. Do you see how he's revealing his character through his name? Revealing his character. How about Jehovah Shalom? Ah, the Lord is my peace. Shalom means six things. It means peace, prosperity, wellness, wholeness, completeness, and safety. We can say it like this. The Lord my peace. The Lord my prosperity. The Lord my safety. My wholeness. My wellness. My completeness. He's everything. How about Jehovah Shammah? He's there. He's present. No matter where you are, He's there. No matter where you're going, He's already been there. He's present. That ought to excite some of you. Jehovah said, Canoe, the Lord our righteousness. I like righteousness. My righteousness was like filthy rags. Jesus came and took all my filthy rags, sprinkled them, cleansed them with His blood. And He said, even though my sins were like scarlet, they'll be made white as snow. Woo! That's me. That's me. Doesn't matter how many times I've messed up, how many times I've blown it. Maybe now. Know why I just got a little spring in my step tonight. I start reading this. I start studying these. And it doesn't matter how many times you've preached them, how many times you don't. There's something about this that gets you excited. There's something that says, this is the Jesus I serve. Now, there's so many names. We wouldn't have time. We could take a year going through the names of God. But let me tell you this. Every name of God mentioned in the Bible is wrapped up in one. That's the name of Jesus. When you speak the name of Jesus, it encompasses them all. Jesus, my healer. Jesus, my sanctifier. Jesus, the captain of my salvation. Jesus, my peace. Why? He is God. My Bible says that He was God manifested in the flesh. Hebrews 1.3, I like Hebrews 1.3. He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of His nature. You want to know what God is like? You just look at Jesus. When somebody says, well, God does this, did you see Jesus do it? If Jesus didn't do it, God probably didn't. See, I grew up in an era where God just did mean things to His kids. Some of you probably remember. Put that sickness on somebody to teach them something. Cause them to go through tough times so they'd learn. You know what? If we did half the things we accuse God of, we'd be in jail for child abuse. My Bible still says... If I, being evil, know how to good, give good gifts to my children, how much more 
would he give the Holy Spirit to me? He goes so far above and beyond anything I would ever do. And it's all wrapped up in that name, Jesus. In Isaiah 14, verse 12, we find there's another character. It says, How are you fallen from heaven, O day star, son of the dawn? How you are cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low. Here is a guardian of the throne, Lucifer by name, that has been cut down. His rebellion in the heavenlies exposed, and he is cast out of the heavenly realm. But listen, he understands God's nature. He was around God's nature. And he imitates God's nature. He can't do it, but he wants to make us think he can. See, 2 Corinthians 11.14 says, And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. It's a disguise. It's not real. It's a disguise. So he'll promise you what you want to hear, but it's a disguise. If it's not of the word, back up. Because the promise may be coming to cause you to compromise in faith, to compromise in the word, and to compromise what God's put on your heart. How do we know? Because it was in his heart where he let the seeds of rebellion begin. The very next verse, because you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I'm going to read these five real quick. Five things. He said, I'm going to ascend to heaven above the stars of God. I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of the assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will make myself like the most high. All in his heart, seeds of rebellion that started to grow. And all with the intent of replacing God. And you know why I think God's so cool? It's because after this, he made man. And he made man to be everything that the enemy wanted to be. You've got it already. Everything that he aspired to be, God said, uh, watch this. Man. And he breathed the breath of life into him and said, that is what you wanted to be. But your rebellion brought you low. Because you let things into your heart that were not of me. Why do you think the writer of Proverbs, Proverbs 4, he says, keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it flow the issues of life. You want to know how to win? Kind of guard your heart. Keep your heart right. What did God say? Keep your heart right. 
Because everything in your life, all the issues of life proceed from your heart. If you're going through a difficult time, I might submit that there's issues in your heart you've got to deal with. I mentioned this last week. God cares more about you than He does the job you're in right now. I told you about praying, God, if it's not of you, burn it up. And it did. Everything just started burning up. I felt almost kind of like Charlie Brown standing there with a little twig. That was all that was left of my forest. It all burned up. God said, I am that I am. Can you imagine a bush on fire? I mean, just a bush. Imagine coming to church Sunday, and the bush out front is on fire. Now, that would alarm most people. There's a fire. But then if it starts talking to you, there's an issue. A burning bush is talking to you. And nowhere did it say, Moses thought, that's weird. There's a strange sight. I think I'll go look at that. That's strange. Okay, yeah, the fire in the bush, but it's not being consumed. That's strange. He gets over there and it starts talking to him. And instead of going, whoa, bushes can't talk, he starts talking back. And out of this comes, um, I don't know if I can do what you've asked me to do. Listen, you're talking to a bush that's burning. Why do you think you can't do what God's asked you to do? If he can make a bush burn and not be consumed, I promise you, he can take you wherever he's asked you to go. Apostle Mike, you're going to be Preaching in Mexico. It's probably not how you say it, but I thought it sounded cool. You're going to be going down there, preaching at a church that you helped get rolling. Why not? Something spectacular is going to take place. Because the enemy tried to stop you before you could get there to do what you need to do. So you're going to walk into that place with a heart of confidence going, the reason I'm here, there's a purpose from heaven and there's a bush that burned and wasn't consumed and no matter what else is going on, the power of God's going to be on display. I am who I am. I'm the self-existent one. Tell the people. Tell the people the I am has sent you. As we reveal some of these other names over however long it takes, 
I want you to know this. The enemy cannot create anything. It's not in his purview. He can only pervert that which has been created. It's all he can do. He can only pervert it. He appears as an angel of light. But God is light. Satan tries to fulfill all of his declarations of Isaiah, but he can only emulate God in the minds of those that give him power. I think Pastor Paul was about ready to preach my message tonight. He has no power or authority except what you give him. He just emulates that. And if we believe him, we give a place to him. That's why Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus and he said, do not give the devil a foothold. The Greek reads like this, don't give him a little place in a large house. You might have 9,900 rooms. God's saying, don't give him one. Don't give him one. Don't give him a little place in a large house. He doesn't deserve it. All he's going to do is try and mimic God to get us to fall into his trap and then steal, kill, and destroy. His very nature is the antithesis of God. What does that mean? It means it's the exact opposite. It's the exact opposite. If God is the provider, Satan is the stealer. If God is the sanctifier, Satan is the one that keeps you in bondage. If God is our warrior, Satan is the enemy of our souls. If God is our healer, Satan is the inflictor of sickness and disease. God is my shepherd and leads me. Satan's the one that blinds my path. God of this world will blind them that believe not. Listen, I've heard a lot of messages on that one, but just recently I've been thinking about it a little differently because that's the way my brain works. And I can't help but wonder if in that he blinds the minds of them that believe not. I've heard it preached from the standpoint of those that don't believe in God. I've heard it preached from the standpoint of those who are born again but don't believe His Word. What if it was He blinds the minds of those that don't believe He exists? Just another thought. Because all of them would fit. If he's my peace, Satan wants to keep me in confusion and fear. If God is ever present, Satan will abandon me. If God is my righteousness, placing me in right standing with God, Satan is the separator who wants me to leave the King of glory. Just as Jesus sums up the character of God, Satan, that name, sums up the characteristics of evil. We looked at it last week. Now tonight, we have to understand we've got the name that's above every name. Philippians 2 says this, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue 
will confess Jesus is Lord. Philippians 2, 10 and 11. It's at that name, that name. No other name given under heaven whereby we might be saved. A practical thing. Years ago, my singing partner and I called me. I was sitting at my dining room table. I picked up the phone, and he said, I, I just needed to call you. My son's been diagnosed with terminal cancer. It was his only child. And it gripped my heart. I mean, right then, it just... And in the next 10 minutes, I had penned a song. And then all the words that had come were gone. What I didn't know is he was writing one at the same time. And they just dovetailed together. And the title of that song was Speak the Name. And the lyrics were fairly simple. It says, what do you do when you're faced with your fears? What do you do when your eyes fill with tears? You speak the name. If you don't know anything else to do, you don't have to be a Bible scholar to speak the name. You don't have to know all the ins and outs of light and darkness and good and evil and all the Satan's devices. I just felt it necessary to interject this message before we do anything else. Know that what you really need is the name. The name of Jesus. Because it is at that name that everything else will bow. That situation in your life where the doctors have no answer, it has to bow its knee. That child that might be wayward, oh, Listen, I understand the pain. But I also know my fight is not with flesh and blood. My fight's not there. I'll address what's going on behind the scenes. That spirit realm. You don't get to have my family. You don't get to have my heritage. You don't get to have them. Why? Because I have the authority. I have the right to stand on the name. Now they can choose what they want to choose, but they'll do it without your influence. I'll just bind that up. I don't think I shared this. A couple weeks ago, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe a month ago now, um, my stepdad was going in for surgery, had an open heart procedure, and they told him he would not live through the surgery. They told him, you won't live if you don't have the surgery, but you won't live through the surgery. Now, how do you like that for options? So we were up there for a late 
Christmas. Uh, this was back in the end of December. And I asked, I said, do you want me to stay? Because the surgery was coming up that Thursday. And they said, no, we'll, we'll be okay. I had a chance to talk to him after surgery because I really believed that he probably wanted to go through with the surgery because there won't be an event. I'll just go to sleep and never wake up. So we're getting ready to fly home. And as we're coming back, I hear, we really would like you here for the surgery. So that was my first 12 hours at home in 2024. Got home, turned around, flew right back out the next day. Went in, was with him when they took him into surgery. I was there when they brought him out. And I was the one that took him home. So we talked. And he said, I know that I wasn't supposed to live through this. But I also knew that if you would come, I would live. It's not because of me, folks. It's because of the Jesus, the relationship. I have with him. He said, I knew I wouldn't die. That's the kind of faith we need to have in the Lord. I know that with you, it's okay. Everything's going to be okay. I talked to my stepdad after that, and I said, listen, you're at an age. You want to go be with Jesus? Go be with Jesus. But don't you go sick. You can make a choice and go home, but don't you go sick. used to tell people in my church all the time, don't you dare die on me. I'll raise you from the dead and make the devil explain it. There's a name that we have that sums up his character. When my first son was born dead, I was a wreck. How do you watch The monitor's flatline. There's nothing there. All I could do was pray in the Spirit and speak the name. That's it. I had no other words. And I knew that any word that would come out of my fear wouldn't be helpful. So you learn the vocabulary of silence real fast. Remember what Mama used to say, if you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. God says, if you're not going to speak my word, shut up! Speak my word. Speak the name. Speak the name. Let's stand. Names reveal character. Let's adopt the name of the one who adopted us. Let's make it our own. The name of Jesus. When you get up in the morning, it's Jesus. When you go through your day, it's Jesus. When you lay your head down at night, it's Jesus. That's exciting to me. Maybe one of these days I'll sing that song, Speak the Name for You.
who knows, maybe one of these days we'll get Sherman down here. and We'll just do a whole thing of music for you. There's been such a sweet, sweet presence of God. This doesn't happen very often, but this room is filled with faith. Sometimes you'll preach and you're just, you're not sure. I'm just being blunt. You just don't know. There's faith in the room tonight for anything. You just... You know, when the woman that had the issue of blood touched the hem of his garment, Jesus immediately said, whoa, somebody touched me. The disciples thought he'd lost his mind. Uh, yeah, there's a whole crowd out here touching you. What are you talking about? He goes, no, there was power that went out. You came tonight touching heaven before you came in the room. That's not always the case. But it is tonight. There's faith in the room for miracles. Pastor Barb, Pastor Paul, all of you were just Sensing it earlier, and you came believing. Walk out, receiving, knowing that what you stood for is already done. It's already done. And faith touches the heart of God. Father, you're such a good, good God. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for his sacrifice on the tree of Calvary. Thank you for the blood that was shed for me. I thank you that you are the self-existent one, Jehovah God. I thank you for Jesus in my life, in the life of our church, the life of those that are here. May we recognize the power that is contained in the name of Jesus. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I close every service to pray with anybody that might need to make Jesus Lord of their life. I've had people say, well, you know everybody in there. You know they love Jesus. Why do you do that? Because I never want to get out of the practice of giving people the opportunity to know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. And at any time, if there's anybody that doesn't know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, I want to pray with you. Jesus would be Lord. Those that need baptized with the Holy Spirit, speaking with other tongues, the presence of God, 
here in this place. 2024 is a year of miracles. It's a year of signs and wonders. It's a time of revelation. It's a time of uprooting or tearing. I'm going to uproot anything that isn't of Him. I'm going to plant His Word. I'm going to build upon it. It's a great year, guys. It's a great year. It's a great year. It's a great year. It's a great year. There's so much playing into this year. Prophetically, there's so much playing into this year. There is so much playing into this year. Tap into that yourself. Hear God for yourself for this year. Those that need Jesus. Amen. I love you all. Appreciate you all. Is there anything, announcements, anything you want to share? We're good? Everybody look at somebody and just say Jesus. Love you all. Have a good night.